for your Nooner with Dooner and a very special guest co-host today. Yeah, what's going on? You know, a little bit more energy right now. Yeah, what's going on? What's up? Get on my level, Aaron. (laughs) Evan, I know you've driven like 16 hours to get down here from Pennsylvania, but I I still need you to bring that in. I got my coffee. You do? All right, just put that in your veins, dude. I'm showing up. I'm showing up. We got you in Pennsylvania. What were you doing down there? It was like 38 degrees. Yeah, so it was a pretty long day yesterday. Thankfully, I got a great team, but putting up some signs at a new location in Pennsylvania, uh, getting that set up, kind of formalizing some parking up there uh, for a location. So it it was a good day, but a long day, and I know the team's very glad to be home. We got home at like 5 30 this morning and then i drove another two and a half hours here so dude you are always griming it and grinding in those parking lots so we get do we have the picture of him in the uh the lot maybe oh there we go yeah so that was yesterday midday it just started uh, pennsylvania's cold i didn't know yeah i just found out yesterday hey what did you just do with uh reach across america Oh, yeah, that was a great event uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway uh, with Bennett's Reese Across America. Tony Justice was supposed to be there, got COVID, but it was a great event um, doing a golf ball drop for charity. Everyone donated, uh, I think it was $100 per golf ball, and there ended up being like 700 golf balls Not bad. all for charity. And they dropped 700 golf balls from a helicopter closest to the pin, won some amount of money, and typically it's donated like the charity you of choice. I did not, but I think it was rigged. You think it's rigged? Yeah, to be honest. You were just at F3. Did you have a good time? Oh, my God. It was amazing. You guys like, recorded a TikTok there. Let's take a look. Okay, guys. It's Hunter with truckparkingclub.gong.com.gong. We don't know, but we're at the F3 convention here in Chattanooga, and we're talking to lots of people trying to create more truck parking across America. Hit us up at truckparkingclub.gong. Love it. You guys have been crushing it on TikTok. You've almost caught the what the truck TikTok. You guys are uh, you're on our tail. Hey man, when you got a guy like that, you know people. Hunter. He's he's entertaining, and that's him. That is that is just him. He wakes up that way and goes to sleep that way. He just he's the face that runs the place. Uh, he is. He is very lucky to have him. He's well, awesome. I know your brain is kind of mush from from your long ride, but I, I got a Thanksgiving quiz for you right uh, here. Yes. Before I'm we sorry. jump in at things, we got to stay on brand on holiday. Let's take a look at this infographic. It's the Thanksgiving supply chain in the United States of America. There we go. And it says, all right, right here, what do you think? All right, I'm going to quiz you. You ready? What do you think the largest turkey-producing states in the U.S. are? There's four of them. Honestly, I, 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 I would have thought the Northeast, like Pennsylvania, like North – or not North Carolina, like – All right, I don't need a preamble. I need guesses. <laughs> okay, Tennessee, Pennsylvania – North Carolina, Massachusetts. All right, you're mostly wrong. You got one You got one out of four. I'll give you like one cowbell for that. It is Minnesota, North Carolina, Arkansas, and Missouri. Uh, I did not expect to even be close. So. All right, Evan, what percentage of turkeys that Americans are going to consume are frozen? A, a lot of them. 99% of them. 90%, 10% will be fresh. How long in advance do retailers prepare for Thanksgiving? Uh, three or four months. They, they prepare six months, Evan. They prepare for six months. What is the shelf life of a fresh turkey, Evan? Um, two weeks. 21 days is three weeks, Evan. How many turkeys? Am I supposed to be right? No, this is actually non-expert who just drove 16 am. hours and has no way of knowing these answers other than guessing. But here's your last one. Here's your last one. I'll, you will win completely if you get this right, okay? Okay. All right. This is, this is a big deal. Over how many million turkeys will be served on Thanksgiving? 50 million. Sorry, sir, it's 46 million. That's okay. There'll be other chances to recover on this episode. Do people get those right? Do people? Rachel did. She was doing them all in her head. I can see her in there. She was holding up her hands. She knew. She knew. She knew. All right, let's rate the strap work really quick. Let's take a look at this. This is uh, the 40-year-old tree. Only in Boston posts a 40-year-old tree, 45-foot white spruce from Stilwick in Nova Scotia has arrived by police escort in Boston Common as the 2023 for Boston. 
beautiful tree, right? There's nobody in the world who could find something wrong with looking at such an amazing tree, is there? Yeah, how, how awesome is that? No, welcome to Twitter. This person on here, Coco Jack, says, it always makes me so sad that a big glorious tree is felled for these occasions. How about a nice big artificial tree that can be used year after year? Her name's Pam. Pam, you are an enemy of the state. Karen. Enemy of the state. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that's annoying about people on X. They often make comments. The loudest smells are the most ignorant. I find this time and time again to be true. Because if she knew a thing about that tree, she would know that in 1917, on December 6th, the Halifax explosion occurred in Nova Scotia. That explosion killed more than 2,000 people. That explosion injured more than 9,000 people. Massachusetts was one of the first states to send and raise aid to Nova Scotia. So in 1918, they sent their first tree down to Boston. It's become a tradition since 1971. In fact, the Nova Scotia government says Nova Scotia will never forget the support, kindness, and quick response the people of Boston provided after the explosion. And there are people out there that want to destroy that. Do your research before commenting, folks. Do, Do your, your research. research. Jeez. Do your research. Ridley Scott should have done his research. Mike Lombard went down to Napoleon last night. He put on his best attire. He got all dressed up. He even uh, he even carried a French flag with him, of all things. And he sat there, and he watched it in 3D, and he came out, and he said, guess what? What do you think he said, Evan? I, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I shouldn't make you keep guessing things. <laughs> I should stop making you am guess I, stuff Am today. I, Mike? They said it's all right. I don't know what it's that It's all right. Means. That is not what he said. He said they didn't even get Napoleon's birthday right. This movie has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people are crapping on it now. Ridley Scott, for every alien, he's got an alien covenant, and this looks like it's an alien covenant. They didn't do their research. They didn't do their Once research. Again. Once again. Seems to be a trend. We're going to do our research by talking to awesome guests today. On today's show, we got C3 Solutions' Greg Braun. He's going to break down the shipper handbook to managing uh, expectations this holiday season. Probably uh, well needed. We got trucker Chris Thomas. He is out on the road. He's going to tell us how drivers handle Thanksgiving, what he's seeing out there, staying accident-free. He'll touch on this turnover topic. He's going to talk about meeting drivers IRL, like the new internet truck stop. Is uh, like Twitter X. All these freight X truckers, they're get get lonely out on the road. They're meeting each other. Not that kind of lonely, but like they're meeting each other. You know, yeah. they're taking pictures and selfies, and it's really cool to see this community come together. It's awesome to see. It really is. Freight X is an amazing thing. Alan Adler has a scoop on a drama over at Nicola. Highly on fired a bunch of people, so we'll get caught up on that. And of course, Rachel Premack is here to talk about her latest article, which is about uh, trucking. Why trucking embraces turnover? Why? She has so many good articles. I get I get lost in. All the articles she's written at this point. You get lost in them? Lost in them. <laughs> Just lost in a sea of pre-Mac articles. Well, let's tip the band, then we'll, we'll talk to her. Truxit is revolutionizing the trucking brokerage industry. Truxit increases carrier pay while reducing shipping costs. Truxit pays carriers in two days or less. Truxit provides paperless BUL, POD, and payment. Truxit reduces deadhead and empty miles. Ship for less, drive for more with Truxit.com, which is T-R-A-U-X-I-T.com. So, yes, sir. That's how it goes. All right, it's Rachel Premack. She's the editorial director here over at Freightways. Rachel, how's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, just finishing. I've managed to squeeze a five-day work week into three days. Um, so just finishing up a few things to publish. Uh, on fr- I just one one last story to publish on Friday. You can tell I'm also a little bit brain scrambled. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like me. We're on the um, same Take a look at We're this on the TV. Take a look at the image on your TV screen that you see right now, people. These are the grinders. These are the people turning the butter. These are the people making things happen, even on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And and Fraser in the back said, even the guys you can't see. Thank you very much to our lovely Freightwaves TV team who came in today to make sure the coal is going in the engine that makes this show run. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Rachel, hey, you just got married. So I got to ask you, like, when I got married with my wife, Thanksgiving, you, like, you, the, some things you don't think about beforehand, like how it can impact yeah. holidays. It's sort of like the consequences of your decisions that you don't think of. And I don't mean to frame it poorly, but does your <laughs> husband's family have any traditions that you were, like, unexpected of? Not traditions, but something interesting is that my my family, especially my mom's side of the family, my mom's one of seven kids, so – Thanksgiving and Christmas at their house is always, you know, pandemonium and like lots of running around and a ton of people. My husband's family is a little smaller. He has, you know, you know, it's a it's like probably a fraction of the size. So it's just interesting being at a Thanksgiving where it's like, oh, I can actually speak 
to everyone here and we're all sitting at one table instead of like five auxiliary tables Ooh, where are you guys going where are you gonna be i am actually heading to pennsylvania tonight uh i leave my flight leaves around five o'clock it's cold here in new york as well where where in pennsylvania were you evan uh milton and uh ended up in like i can't remember the other little city but milton most of the day yeah it's where huge city where is that not to interview you. Uh, it, it's, are it's, it's pretty central. Um, I, okay. I'm not going to do a great job of telling you exactly where it's at, but um, yeah, central Pennsylvania. Um, nice little okay. city has a couple truck stops. You know. Wow. Well, do they do they Big embrace do they yeah. embrace turnover in Pennsylvania at an alarming rate, like the trucking industry does? Rachel, I read your latest article. Why does trucking embrace turnover at an alarming rate? Tell us a little, set the table for us first. What was going on here? What did you want to find out by going to that convention that you visited? Yeah, so earlier this month, I went to Corpus Christi to a, uh, this. it's an association that's basically groups all of the community colleges that receive some sort of state or federal or local funding for truck driver training. So, you know, reporting on trucking for the last six years or so, there's a lot of talk about driver turnover, driver shortage, driver training, and and how the all these things are funded. So I was curious to get into the conference and see, you know, if there's smoke-filled rooms where all these things are decided. It turned out being to be a totally normal conference. Everyone was very friendly. Um, honestly, a frankly, very cool group of people. Very cool. Well, what were like people saying? on the floor like in my head this is like you said i i'm picturing like a very smoke filled i'm picturing like a lot of negativity and complaining and belly aching and and it doesn't sound like like the most fun time those kind of rooms so was your did that change your experience what what were people saying there honestly so it was kind of a mix of medium to large fleets and uh the truck driver trainers themselves most of the trainers are former longtime truck drivers so you know, it's just like talking to any other truck driver, any other owner operator. Um, they've got their viewpoints. Definitely their viewpoint is that there is no driver shortage. If you talk to the fleet executives, they're saying, you know, we do really struggle to uh, get drivers, which is why we work with schools and hire these drivers fresh out of fresh out of CDL school. Um, yeah, and it, it was just interesting because, you know, if you look at the research, if you look at the economic research, it says that outside of the what the ATA looks into, uh, most of these academics say there's no driver shortage, it's not happening. But when you talk to these people from the fleets, you know, they are struggling to hire people. The question is, are they struggling to keep their fleets uh, employed because they uh, the jobs aren't what the drivers want? Or is it because there aren't enough people in, interested in the truck driving job? That's kind of the the core question, I guess. I've been I was struggling with, and you know, kind of laid out in the article is: should we devote resources to getting more people in these driver training schools, or should we devote more resources to keeping the people who are already in trucking at the fleets that they're working at? Did you have or in the any, period? Did you see any good just like open discussions that with two people disagreeing? Like, did you but you know had good conversations about why they disagree or was it just like a, a did they avoid? I didn't see I wish I had seen more headbutting it's a good question but I didn't see a whole lot of headbutting um definitely I would say the big disagreement of the conference was maybe the extent to which we're trying to find new drivers I would say the biggest you know I, I revised what I said there was some headbutting at this one uh this one panel um, some of the fleet executives were saying, oh, you know, something that we're looking into or something that we've already started is actually going to, you know, prisons and training people who are currently incarcerated and training them and, and teaching them how to drive a truck. Um, you know, that's definitely one way to get more people in the industry. It's also just good because a lot of people getting out of prison or jail just can't find work and they end up you know, repeating crimes and ending back into uh, the criminal justice system. Sure. All those, all those debates aside, definitely a lot of people were not comfortable with the idea of getting people oh. who are in prison <clears throat> uh, into it, you know, driving these 80,000 
pound pay number. pay veterans more and work on retention or educate the prison population and how to drive a truck. You know why that's a bad idea? There's a couple of quotes in here. One of them is that, you know, truck drivers with less than three years of experience are 47 percent more likely to cause an accident on the road. But another article, I, another quote from your article that it almost made this turnover thing sound like it's by design said they found that paying drivers more in an effort to reduce costly turnover was ultimately less profitable than paying drivers less and having higher turnover. Yeah, that was a study published uh, in September by a group of academics from, you know, University of Minnesota, Michigan State and um, California State University. I don't know why I'm listing all the universities. But anyways, in case you were wondering, uh, yeah, that was a that was a really interesting study. One thing I think that they missed in the study that someone actually pointed out on Twitter is how does this tie into insurance rates? Are are you likely to see a higher insurance rate if you're mostly hiring people who are fresh out of driver school? Nope, I was about to sneeze and I didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's kind of one question, but generally the way that trucking the trucking industry operates right now is this is what's normalized. This is how you can profitably run a trucking company. And considering how competitive the whole industry is with hundreds of thousands of carriers, uh, you kind of just have to tread water and, and, and be part of the system if you want to stay in business year after year, even month after month. <laughs> well, I got a clip for you guys. And, and this is just one truck driver, but it could be a million. We hear what this guy's saying all the time, and I'm sure nothing he says will surprise you. Roll this clip. You can't learn everything you need to know about driving a truck in a six-week class. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people on the road now, in my opinion, uh, and that's because I'm old school that, that don't need to be out there. Now, so old school drivers, they always say this, but 25 years ago, you did not have to take a class at all for six weeks. So in some ways, standards have come up. However, I did get pushback on that. And people said, yeah, but the drivers coming in 25 years ago, they came in, many were multi-generational. They'd come off farms. They'd had mm. experience with um, equipment sort of ingrained into them before they got behind the wheel. They weren't coming in blind like some of these, I guess, prisoners are that they're trying to put behind the wheel. No, it's, a, it's an interesting point because, I mean, if you just look at the U.S. labor force period or how, how Americans work in general, uh, probably more and more Americans aren't growing up, you know, working on a farm or, uh, you know, being part of some sort of like agricultural uh, type of type of field where, you know, their parents or grandparents, great grandparents, etc. Um, so you you if you have like experience and familiarity with heavy equipment at a younger age, obviously, that's going to make you a better truck driver, uh, even if you've never sat behind an 18 wheeler uh, big rig before on the other. And then on top of that, um, what I have read about or heard is that you know back in the day let's say your dad usually your dad would be a truck driver maybe on summer holidays you uh go out on the road with him for for that whole two or three month stretch and maybe he lets you like fiddle around and learn how to drive obviously none of these things are like is that legal probably not but like at the same time like because there was kind of this informal system of training drivers, uh, you know, in previous decades, uh, that's not around as much now that we have a more service-based economy. Um, that's gonna that's gonna affect the type of of talent we have available. Evan, what's your solution to driver retention <laughs> and turnover here? Well, that's actually a great question. If if you gave me ninety minutes, I would I would tell you. But yeah. I, I think like just to add to like what was said, I think that's pretty anecdotal. Though I come from a very rural area, and yeah, we're around mach machinery a lot more and things of that nature. But f to say that's that's the reason that you know they they were better skilled. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, yeah. And yeah. I come from that background. Um, that's, that's just yeah so do you think old school truckers are just built like there are standards now is that is that what you're getting at i'm sorry so like the the like the point that started with was that the old school driver said you know you can't learn this six weeks class and the yeah. pushback was well it's sort of generational and passed on via like as osmosis perhaps i guess yeah regional osmosis um and you're saying that that's not that's not true so is it good well, that there's classes <laughs> the classes need more money I don't know about that, but I, I just think anecdotally, I think that makes sense. But being yeah. a guy that grew up in a small rural area where we drove a lot of any type of machinery you could think of, 
I don't I don't know if that necessarily means that they were all, like I would be all that much better qualified to drive a truck. Mm, gotcha. um, just seeing it, uh, just coming sense. from that background. Uh, I, I think it's a tough. No, one. That, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I was. I'm, uh, no, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. I I agree with you. That's not like the reason we have a <laughs> retention issue or a tra- training issue. Um, it's 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 like an interesting contributing factor, but at the end of yeah. the day, what would probably be best is if drivers. You know, it was funny because there was one driver trainer I spoke to, uh, Kelly Sikonik, who's who's from Kansas, and he was saying that uh, you know he trains these drivers. They have eight weeks. It's a one to three teacher student ratio, so like a very very good situation. But he says even then he can't make someone well trained, but he can train them enough to be enough to safely operate a truck. But what he tells his students is like, you know, it's going to take you years to kind of build up the instincts and the familiarity with this equipment in order for you to be a good truck driver, like a, a class class act truck driver, basically. Well, Rachel, it's a great article. Everyone should go to FreightWaves.com and read it if they can get some time away from relatives. If they're already on vacation, uh, put it on your list. You maybe even got an email to you by Rachel. But Rachel, you have an opportunity now to, it's uh, just about Thanksgiving. Do you get a message for the logistics community and the truck drivers out there before we all depart for the holiday? Yeah, I mean, the rest of us kind of get to take off Thursday and maybe Friday off, but people in trucking, like, there, there's no off time really. So I just want to say thank you to the logistics community, especially drivers who might be away for the holiday, uh, away from their family this year. Uh, I definitely like the the whole country, the whole world couldn't run without their work. So a big thank you. And if I had a cowbell, I would well, ring I'll, the cowbell for them. But I'll just I'll, clap my hands instead. I'll hit it for them. Well said. And well said. Question. All the retailers got to work through Thanksgiving and Black Friday, and and obviously all the, the logistics office people who are on twenty four seven call have to work through it. Not everyone gets breaks in this space. Not everyone is unfortunate. So yeah, our thoughts are with them. Rachel, great message. I love that you gave that message. Yeah. Go follow her. R R P R E. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Take Thanks, care, Rachel. See ya. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. Meanwhile, take a look at this, man. This is some shocking footage right here. And nowadays, you know, terrorists, they have like GoPros and everything. This is a terrorist helicopter that's going to be boarding a ship. G Captain reports Yemen's Hothi group has released video footage allegedly showing the dramatic hijacking of the galaxy leader car carrier in the Red Sea. What you're going to see here is a bunch of armed men are going to get off this thing. It's going to almost look like a like a Call of Duty map. They're going to storm off with guns and everything. And you see there's some armament on this helicopter, too. Some people are like, what if you had security? Wow. How many security guys are you going to need? There's like a dozen guys that pour off this thing. Wow. The um, the group themselves, they recorded. This is propaganda for them. They recorded and filmed this, and they released this, and were like, hey, we're out here. We're targeting Israeli vessels. Biden had delisted this group as a terror organization in 2021, but after this boat seizure has re-added them to the list, probably a good idea, wouldn't you say? Oh my God, this is the first time I've seen this. This is insane. Doesn't this look like, I mean, I've looked at it two times and I'm like, this is, this looks like a, this literally looks like the render of a Call of Duty map, but it's obviously real life. It does look like a video game. And these guys here, I mean, there's no way to defend yourself when you're out at sea in a situation like this. I mean, with a helicopter, too, the scary thing is these guys are obviously well-trained and well-funded. This isn't like the Somali pirate thing you'd see in 2010 when they'd be on, like, a raft. Yeah, yeah, this is way different. This is very calculated. I mean, those guys had guns, too, but these guys literally have a full-on helicopter with missiles on it. I mean, how do you compete with that? Imagine being stuck on that ship. The fact, I mean, it's so coordinated because they have the camera. I mean, that's well done like you said it's probably it's well shot it's wild i try to get footage like this at f3 and i'm like man all my my stuff doesn't look nearly this good yeah that is i this is the first time i've seen this this is insane yeah shippers be careful out there rough rough situation yeah uh we can drop this now they praying for anyone who's still caught up in that situation though but we got alan adler on the show mr alan adler midwest borough chief how are you sir i'm groovy 
I am really groovy. Yeah, I'm, I can't figure out, Dooner, if you've got enough of what the truck's on your body today or not. I've got three. Yeah. Gotta, yeah. Hey, gotta keep gotta keep the brand active. But it's look, it's almost Thanksgiving. There's so much football. The Jets are gonna ruin Black Friday. They got Tim Boyle from Connecticut at quarterback. This guy has one touchdown and 13 interceptions when he was in college. Is he like a Nepo baby or something? Like, how is this guy a starting quarterback? How do you even get in the NFL with one touchdown and 13 interceptions, Alan? I, uh, I I don't know, but my son has my Lions shirt, which I gave him as a dad me down. That's his term, not mine. Uh, at, at one point, and I said, if they go eight and zero, the Lions, then I will buy another shirt. Well, now they're eight and two, so I'm very close. If they beat the Packers again tomorrow. Gonna have to break down and buy one. Are people taking them? I feel like Detroit people are taking them seriously, but I feel like nationally they haven't been taken seriously yet. I think I think they probably should be Dooner only because they're winning the games that winning teams win. The last two weeks in a row, late comebacks, you know, dominant kind of stuff. And uh, this is nothing we've seen in sixty some years. You know, yeah, it, 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 following Detroit. Not that I've done that, but. Speaking of Bray, why didn't you call him out? He's got a truck parking club logo on his head. He's got a truck parking club logo on his heart. He's got a he's got a truck parking logo on his sleeve. He's got him all over the place. He's dropping fake money trying to trick people around here. Have you met Have you met my friend Evan before? Alan Allen's our Detroit viewer chief. He covers companies like Nikola. Yeah, he is uh, the founder of Truck Parking Club. He tries to find parking for truck drivers. Yes, sir. Yes, well, there's certainly a need for that. So you got a you got a a nice addressable market out there. Yeah, we're working hard at it, creating more truck parking all across the U.S. Doing the Lord's work. I remember a few years ago when I first saw the signs on the freeway that said, you know, how many parking spots were available at upcoming rest stops. I thought, what a great idea. Um, Has that really caught on? I mean, is that something that really makes a difference? Yeah, yeah. So we give that away as a free service on our app. You can just pull it up on your app, uh, on Truck Parking Club app now, rather than um, depending on road signs. And uh, we've we've had a lot of uh, good feedback from truckers that just pop on there. It's completely free. We just give it, yeah. give it that part of the app away, and then we have the the paid parking as well. So yeah, it's just it was a no brainer for us. I mean, it just makes sense to give give that to truckers. Hey, Alan, it's Thanksgiving well, season. Alan, it's Thanksgiving season. You and I have both been out to Hylion before. We've met the team over there. And unfortunately, two-thirds of that team has now been cut. We knew this was coming down the pike when 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 Thomas said that they were going to suspend the ERX. It obviously sounded like it was probably going to get canceled or shelled. And they, it seems like they made a stronger decision in that direction a little earlier in the month. And they cut 175 employees. What happened here? Well, I think I think it just you know we've talked about this before, maybe on your show, I'm not sure, but but this whole idea of of a plan of sufficiency, you know, the the ERX was delayed for a whole year, uh, which was a problem. They couldn't get parts, cost overruns, all the things that plague small companies that don't have the kind of heft that can order parts in big numbers. Uh, so they were getting hammered by the suppliers. They uh, kept having to raise the price. And I think ultimately, Dooner, we came down to a question of, is this a question being answered that nobody's asked? Do you really need a hybrid uh, truck you know, that runs on natural gas that makes electricity, isn't truly a zero emission truck like a battery electric truck is? Uh, do you really need this? And do you need to spend $400,000 to get one? I think that's really what it came down to. Four hundred thousand on anything sounds expensive when it's an add-on to uh, to a truck, Alan. So, so what now? What now for them before we move on to Nikola? What, what's what, what's next for Hylion as a generator? Well, I, I think it. I think it's a, a a bit of a stretch, but this idea of using this technology they purchased from General Electric Aviation called the uh, Carno a generator. This is sort of a, a flux capacitor style thing where you can use a bunch of different fuels to fuel the generator and to use it for stationary power, like, you know, making electricity on the sites of some of these uh, real estate operations that are opening that are for truck charging, um, you know, for charging electric trucks. The issue is, again, it's kind of a transitional thing. Now, now, Thomas Healy will tell you that he can see it being the primary way to make electricity for these uh, installations. When you're talking, you know, four or five, six uh, uh, megawatts of charging power, that's not going to happen unless you have an awful lot of these generators. So we'll see how they do. Um, You know, it does give them a lifeline. They've got the money to support one business, and that's this one. So we'll see how they do with it. Wow. Well, 
big change for that company, but hey, it's the way of the market right now. The other drama that's been going on forever. I kind of missed this guy on X. He wanted to put the remember he wanted to put the water fountain in the badger. Do you remember Trevor Milton? He wanted I, to build I, like a jet ski. He wanted to put a water fountain in his badger. He would do like Trevor in the trolls. And now he doesn't want to go to jail. He wants to just go on probation. What's happening, Alan? Well, I, I, I think 50 pages isn't enough. I mean, you know, the, the plea to get probation ran 50 pages. I read it. I can tell you it, it's all there. I didn't read all the citations of, of legal cases. Um, but now he wants to add to that uh, that plea with uh, testimony from an arbitration case that he interest, interestingly lost against Nicola. Uh, he has to pay them $165 million uh, to basically cover an SEC fine that Nicola agreed to uh, – uh, agreed to pay. And uh, so now he's on the hook for that. But he wants to use, and he tried this before, he wants to use uh, sort of conversations that really don't have a lot to do with him directly, um, you know, in, in making his case. You know, when we wrote about his probation uh, plea, we didn't even get into the Elizabeth Holmes comparisons where he said, hey, I'm not Elizabeth Holmes. I didn't take any money from anyone. Well, that's debatable. And obviously the jury felt differently when they convicted him on three counts of fraud. So, you know, I, I think he's going to spend some time in jail. Now, we pushed the trial, uh, excuse me, the sentencing out again until December 18th. was supposed to be next week. Um, so we'll see. I think that may be it now for uh, delays. I think we're about done. We'll find out hopefully in the next week or so what the prosecution thinks the sentence should be. The, the uh, guidelines actually do start at 17 and a half years. Interesting. You know, it's, it's a lot of turmoil over there, Evan. First of all, they're, they're, they've had the CEO shuffle multiple times. They've got, I believe it's Gursky's back. And now their CFO has resigned after six months. That can't be. A, does that sound like a great sign to you? No, I mean, when the CFO is leaving, typically that's not a great sign. It's not always like a death, you know, the, the death wish. But uh, I, I think it's time like, you know, these companies where you, you have these founders and CEOs that are clearly taking advantage of uh, easy money environment and then going and running a miss with it. Like, like, you know, she lasted longer than the Twitch guy <laughs> did at OpenAI. Oh <laughs> my there God. For three days. Did you, That's a whole did you catch, other by the way, right? Dooner, that, you know, Twitch's other co-founder was Kyle Vogt, who just resigned from Cruise. He and this other guy who, who went into, uh, went into OpenAI, they, they were actually partners at Twitch. Dude, what, what happened at Cruise? Did they find that it was like that? Didn't they find that it was like 1.5 operators that was needed to drive each car? And this sort of tech was maybe a little bit overplayed. And obviously, they had that accident where it dragged a pedestrian. Yeah, I, I don't follow them today. I, I knew a lot about them when I worked at, at General Motors, but uh, I haven't been current. Um, back to, to Trevor Milton and to, to Stacey uh, Pastorick. Uh, she was the CFO. It's interesting, you know, she's the last outsider, if you will. Uh, in the company who was in, in leadership. Now you've got pretty much the entire team is uh, former SPAC people. You know, Gursky was the backer of the SPAC that brought them public. He hired Mary Chan, who worked with him. Uh, you know, he got rid of Kim Brady, who was the CFO, brought uh, elevated uh, this Stacey Pastorick into the role. Um, I expect you're going to see another possible Vecto IQ person. That was the name of the SPAC. Uh, come in as the CFO now, a guy named Steve Schindler, who actually took over for Gursky as chairman of the company. So, I mean, it's a, it's a merry-go-round, really. Um, but I have a feeling that these folks really think they're the only ones who can save the place. And, uh, you know, again, we're back to about a dollar a share. And, uh, you know, the hits just keep on coming, right? You know, it's funny, though, whenever I talk to I have so many different guests on the show, whenever I talk about like their EV fleet, so many of them are like, yeah, I got a Nikola on order. I'm getting a Nikola. They don't seem to care about the drama. Alan, unfortunately, we're out of time. Everyone should check out Truck Talk. They should Google Alan Adler. But Alan, before I let you go, do you have a message for the logistics community on this Thanksgiving? Yeah, I got to I got to back what Rachel said. You know, you guys and women do an amazing job for all of us. I mean, we see them on our street you know, the smaller vehicles, obviously the over the road stuff is what gets it to them. Uh, we can't thank you enough for what you do. And, and uh, you know, a happy Thanksgiving. Little cowbell for that. Thank you so much, Alan. Enjoy yours as well. And good luck to your lines tomorrow. Okay. Well, so take care. Maybe, yeah. maybe people start taking them seriously. All right. Elsewhere, you hear about kids getting too much screen time, right? Especially over the holidays, they kind of become the babysitter. But did you know this about parrots? Did you know that parrots not only know how to use a touchscreen, but they prefer videos of other parrots? And you're going to see this here. He already put on his own video of a parrot on this tablet. 
<laughs> and wow, having a good time, huh? Is human is gonna come over here and start messing with him. See, she puts on like some some talking head, and he's like, "I'm not having Megan Kelly." He doesn't care about how Megan Kelly. He doesn't want to watch Fox News right now. He wants to watch parrots on YouTube. He's like my kids. This is like parrot porn. Have you ever had? Do you have a? Do you have any pets? Do you have any parrots? Uh, so I had a couple parakeets when I was younger. Oh. Um, they're not the same as parrots, though. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty similar. I guess I'm parents are smarter. The parents live for like 75 years. Yeah, I know. It's incredible how smart they are. I wanted to get one once, and there was one at this Angel Rescue League. You can drop this video. There's one at Angel Rescue League in Boston, and it was really cool. And, and there's my wife and I when we first started being, we weren't even married yet. And we were like thinking about it, and we were tempted. But then the bird was racist as hell. It started it started yelling like all these different slurs. And I'm like, I can't bring this that in Boston. Bird this, yeah, it was uh. a racist parrot. <laughs> Could not get it. All right, Greg Braun, Chief Revenue Officer over at C3 Solutions. Last time I saw this gentleman was only actually a couple weeks ago. It was over in Chattanooga, and I can guarantee you he looks even better in person. Don't you, Greg? Hi, I'd like to think so, dear. As do you, though. As do you. <laughs> did, you have, did you have a good hey, time? Good. In, did you have a good time in the Phoenix City? Had, I did. I had a great time. And I think, uh, yeah, and, and as I told you, I, I brought my wife with me and we were there the weekend earlier. We, we got to see the regatta even on the Tennessee River. That was great. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, a big uh, congratulations to, to you, Duner, and everyone at Freightways. I thought it was an incredible event. Um, very informative. We had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it was great. I'm definitely going to be there next year. Well, you cool. are here today. You are here today to help us out a little bit. By the way, this is my buddy Evan over here. He's with Truck Parking Club. He was also at F3. He's helping hey, drivers find parking. C3, they try to help dock flows and things like that. They're in freight tech. But today, Greg is here to tell us how shippers, he's going to tell us some best practices for shippers managing expectations during the holiday season. Aren't you, Greg? What are some of those? Well, I, I tell you what. I mean, uh, Dooner, what we've uh, we've done is we've put out this, as you mentioned, the Shippers Handbook. And um, what we've done, and you know, I've been on your show before, and during times when, let's say, there there, there weren't the kind of issues we're having now in, in, in excess capacity, the, the problems were reversed, and now, you know, essentially the you know we all know freight's having a tough time right now. So what we've done in our in our freight handbook, our Shippers Handbook, is is we've kind of put together a set of best practices. And I'm not going to go into all the details of them, but generally speaking, I mean, we deal with, you know, our customers uh, on the one side, clearly they, they, they have their customers, which are mostly in, in a lot of them are in the retail space. So there's all kinds of things in terms of, you know, how do you want to make sure um, you're not delaying shipments and so forth. And, and there's all kinds of good practices in terms of everything from from aligning your technology to making sure packaging is proper so that you don't, uh, you know, delay shipments in any way. But, you know, one of the main things that we want to point out to shippers is that right now that, you know, as I mentioned, the freight industry is having a tough time. So you're maybe on, uh, you know, you've got the, the big, bigger end of the stick, as we say, but, you know, there, there's such a thing as freight karma. So make sure that you're treating drivers right still. And, and there's, we have a series of best practices that we have in that regard as well. And I, and I really enjoyed your, your conversation with Rachel. Um, I mean, at C3, we're firmly in the camp of there is no driver shortage, but that doesn't mean that there's a, a, not a lack of drivers. And, and you know, we, we hold that the reason that, we're, you know, trucking companies have our time getting drivers is shippers waste their time. And um, we're doing everything we can to, to, to kind of rectify that situation. Um, you know, I've, I've been on here before talking about our, our product C3 Hive, which allows drivers to kind of check into sites and get turned around a lot faster. Um, you know, like I said, we're firmly in that camp that, you know, if you and, you know, there's a lot of research out there, again, as, as Rachel was saying, that if you can save drivers like 18 minutes uh, a day, every driver 18 minutes a day, there's, there's going to be more capacity. So right now, clearly, there is an excess capacity of drivers, but uh, let's still make sure that we, um, we value the time and we get them turned around as quickly as possible and, and don't uh, I'll be good to truckers, right? So that's you know, essentially why we put that out there is uh, just remind people that, hey, um, let's, let's still be really efficient here. Well, Greg, the holidays are all about forecasting demand, right? You got to know, uh, and that just, that's not even just product. That's how many people you have on staff within the warehouse to keep these truck drivers moving. That's, um, that's 
obviously how much product you order, the demand from customers, all of those things. Do you have any tips on forecasting demand coming into the season in terms of uh, those aspects? Well, not specifically tips for that in that regard. I mean, some of these things, and you know, when we put this out there, there some of those the the the, the Best practices, I guess, are more longer term. So clearly, you're going to have to get some technology involved. Um, there, there's no silver bullet on that. But um, and, and in our guide, we do talk about some of the different area, different things that you can invest in uh, to to improve your inventory management and and, and overall uh, improve your uh, uh, your your basically your your demand forecasting and so forth. Um, that doesn't happen overnight. It, that's a much more uh, longer term strategy, but you know we do again in the guide. That's those are things that we say. Hey, look, these are these are practices you need to kind of work on and so forth. So um, I'd like to be able to give you the the magic uh, silver bullet, but you know it's it's a longer process. It includes in, you know investing in, in technology and so forth. But um, sure, but yeah, that's. Greg, why do you think dock wait that. times are up? They were they were going down. They were trending down, and they've shot back up just recently. Well, you know what? I think it's it's um, it comes down to to I think money, right? I mean, again, now there's uh, you know the 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 buyers of freight, uh, they have all of the you know they're able now to say like, look, do you want my business or not? Uh, you know, we've seen you know the tender rejection rates almost at nothing, so it's like you know deal with it. And and I've seen that. I used to be on in the trucking industry, and you know that you know when there's certain markets. Uh, shippers just tell you, like, look, you want my business or not? So, so what? Your driver had to wait a little bit. Um, you know, that's life. So, versus, you know, the, you know, and it wasn't that long ago. It was probably you know, no longer than twelve months ago. Shippers knew that if they didn't get their act together, they wouldn't have access to carriers. So they wouldn't have, they wouldn't actually be able to get the the, the trucks they need. So. I, you know what? I hate to say it, but it's it's kind of human nature, Dooner. It's like uh, when you don't have that kind of proverbial gun to your head, you just let it go, right? So, I, that's yeah. my that's my take on it. But no doubt, no doubt. Well, hey, you're trying to help move those those faster. You won a Freight Tech 25 award. Congratulations, a little cowbell for you. Tell tell us about it. Well, I, I mean, I, I have to correct you, though, Dooner. It, it's not. It wasn't a Freight Tech 25. It was a 100. So we're, we're Sorry, still Freight Tech 100. Aspiring. We're yes. aspiring for the one for we're aspiring for the 25. Yeah, we're really pumped about it. Um, you know, I guess it's uh, a certain, uh, you know, we've been working hard on this and especially, you know, trying to to be much more collaborative with the drivers. And, um, you know, it's a bit of we think it's a bit of recognition that, hey, finally, it's uh, we're getting we're getting noticed on this. And uh, but we, we want to get into that Freight Tech 25. We're aspiring to that. That's for sure. Well, very cool. Where do people find your handbook? Where, do, where can people go download that? They can go to our website and at uh, c3solutions.com. Um, also, if they follow us on any of the uh, social media platforms, it's, it's out there as well. So, uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, do you got a message for the logistics community for Thanksgiving before we let you go? Well, I would reiterate what everyone else has said is just a big thank you to everyone in the logistics industry um, is that, uh, you know, they're the backbone of everything. And uh, as you know, Dooner, we're in Canada, so we will be yeah. working tomorrow. However, you will. we will be watching football, though. So uh, we'll be watching football. And you have Boxing Day coming up, too. So you got that to look forward to. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, Christmas time. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I know. You're right. But even still, like it kicks off the season. <laughs> Hey, Greg, thank you so much, man. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Connect Canada tomorrow. <laughs> Keep working. Yeah, we're, we're, all, and you guys, we're all getting fat. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. We will. We will. Thanks, thank you, Greg. Okay. Well, Thanks. Up, in, up in Canada, he probably won't be frying. Do you fry your turkey? Do you oven roast turkey? How do you go about it? Uh, typically, what Hunter's doing this year, so he has the barbecue, so he's yeah. smoking like 80 turkeys tomorrow. 80 turkeys? 80 turkeys, yeah. All you guys in Kentucky, our next yeah. guest is from Kentucky. Do you guys like the Kentucky Logistics Mafia now? Yeah, I know. It's a thing. It's take a, a thing, man. Take a look at this guy frying his turkey, though. See, he, he has right. This can be dangerous. I showed a video the First other day. It set the house on fire. a turkey. Stay inside, please. Stay, Stay inside. inside. Stay inside. Right. Get inside Tell right now. Nervous. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. First time frying a turkey. Stay inside, please. Stay inside. Stay inside. Stay inside. Right. Get inside right now. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. I don't know how that came out. I hope it came out okay. Chris Thomas, man, indie trucker, if you're on X, that's who this gentleman is. Where are you? You're, like, out in nature right now. Kentucky, obviously. Well, you know, I'm out here chasing down the cell service because I'm right underneath a cell tower with, obviously, two bars. So uh, I'm in a rest area just south of Cleveland here, uh, working my way to the house as many drivers across the country are doing today. You sure are, man. You sure. So you're you're out. Is today your last day running? Today's like, are you are you under a load right now? Yeah, I delivered this morning, and uh, so I'm empty right now. We're going to get down through Cleveland, Columbus, and uh, be home uh, this evening, right at dark. You, you two gentlemen know each other, right, Evan? You yes, know Chris. Sir. Chris, you know Evan. Chris is a man. Chris is a man. Make it to Kentucky. Oh, oh he, of course he knows. <laughs> nice hoodie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yep. Chris, you know, earlier on, best, on Twitter, I, I put that quote out, right? That was, it almost made it sound like driver turnover was by design, right? They said it was more profitable for drivers just to leave the company all the time than it was to just pay drivers more. What did you think about that whole driver turnover issue as a driver yourself? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the culmination of how the industry has been moving my entire career. Like, I don't feel that it was quite that bad you know, 18 years ago, but, you know, obviously it, the behaviors continued and, you know, just reading Rachel's article, it, it just kind of rings a lot of truth there. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of give and take from the driving community and the comp- customer or the uh, carrier community. There's a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of conversations that need to happen to restore some trust and restore some uh, pride in the trucking industry, I feel like, in mass. Interesting. Evan, how do you restore pride in the trucking industry? Uh, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if I'm, I'm quite the the expert on it, but I, I do think what is happening right now, which you've mentioned a couple of times today on social media, bringing back the community, kind of the internet truck stop type community, what Chris, guys like Chris, King Spud reads, you know, obviously put a lot of it together. It is awesome. Is awesome to see, uh, and and in events like F three, having a lot of the uh, truckers show up. I think that is building confidence. Hey, we want our the people that are driving this industry involved in everything that we do. I think is hugely important. Chris, do you, does that ring true to you? Do you think that a lot of drivers kind of feel like they're out on an island? They're they're alone out there. There's no community. There's nobody to support them. Their company doesn't support them. The people don't support them. You hear a lot of old school truckers belly like, "Oh, everyone used to come together at the truck stop and cook hot dogs together," yeah. and like, and it was kumbaya. But it seems like online, you guys are kind of starting your own little campfire. Yeah, it definitely feels like that, you know, out, out here on the road. And I think COVID kind of kicked it in the overdrive, you know, just really isolated drivers inside their truck uh, alone with their thoughts all the time. And, you know, yeah, I mean, the Internet is a obviously a great place, a great way to connect with drivers and, and share this kind of positive message and, and build the trucking industry community with the new tools that we have available here every day. And, you know, I've met some great people, uh, not just truckers, but also logistics people in the industry in real life and you know my my thing is freight friends are great friends and you know that's how we do it we build relationships we got to remember that everybody's human whether it's the shower stall attendant the truck driver the dispatcher whoever you're dealing with every day you just got to kind of keep going forward and uh you know be kind to everybody and you know maybe we'll get some good good stuff started here and he's not just blowing smoke up your ass. This is indie trucker Chris Thomas last night. Take a look at this tweet. He goes, the Freight X community is the best community. Ran into real. She stopped by to say hi. Time for bed now. And he even said, hey, Lombard, get her, get her on the show pronto. There's a young lady. She's not afraid to meet a big, scary trucker like Chris Thomas out on the road. How are you convincing other people to, to get over that fear of, of meeting you in person? Yeah, you know, I think I think just being positive every day, right? Just kind of get out in here, be real. Don't be a don't be a creep at the truck stops, you know. Just be <laughs> genuine, be yourself, get out, be be the way it used to be like out here, you know. When I got in the industry, there was a lot of old cool heads out here that just, you know, maybe they'd tease you a little bit, poke you along, but you know, in general, everybody had everybody's interest, best interest at heart, and that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to being a community. You know, instead of sitting there and posting stuff and laughing and making fun of everybody all the time, hey, maybe get out there and kind of coach them along a little bit, make their day a little bit easier. 
So true. And that's in real life uh, online. If you put positive energy out there and you help people, you will grow your network. And it's a much better way than, than using destruction by always just crapping on things or trying to make yourself look better than other things. That, that might retract people in the very short term. But I think overall, if you're trying to build a healthy life and a good network, that positivity is definitely, definitely key. Have you thought about adding a social aspect to the truck parking club? You know, make, make uh, these, bring these drivers even closer together? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a great question. I, uh, so we have, a, you know, really, we do have a community where you can have a profile and things of that nature. We don't have messaging or forums or anything like that. But I think what's happening on, you know, X and, and LinkedIn, for example, I think that's a great place to do it. I think we have some of that and we have a bit of a, a community and a culture and a community guidelines that we we run on. But I think what's happening on social is, is great. And I, I, I want to say, like, I see a lot of... Cr- uh, the messages um, and posts that Chris puts up, and it's awesome. And he's and he's driving the charge. It's people like him and Lombard that are doing really cool things. That that it is going to have significant impact and and positive ripple effects across you know the trucker community. And I love it. I love seeing it. No, we got to see it firsthand. Here's another tweet from Chris. This was him over at F3. And um, we invited a lot of the community out here, people who usually would not attend an F3 event. And I, I, in my opinion, I thought it went really well. It was really cool to get truck drivers and people who don't necessarily touch freight tech or some of the things that we talk about over an event like this to experience how the other side thinks. Chris, was it a good experience for you? Did you like the relationships you're able to make there and the ones that you're able to build upon? Yeah, absolutely. F3 was just, it was just an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity. Just get out and just learn so much from about the other side of the industry, which I recommend anybody does. Like, you know, whatever you are, whatever position you're in, your industry, constant learning, you know, about even things that you don't think you have any business knowing about. Uh, they'll kind of help you understand some of what's going on maybe behind when you're on hold on the phone or what's going on in the dock and, you know, just kind of that understanding and kind of getting to a place where everybody understands, you know, that kind of reduces some of the friction, builds bridges, builds trust. I think that's really important in, in any kind of relationship. And drivers are no different than a customer or a shipper. you got to have a good relationship with your carrier, with your broker, whoever you're working with. Yeah, what I think it's doing is creating like a bridge or a conduit between all these different stakeholders and transportation and logistics that wasn't necessarily there before. Even if they were all already on social media, now it's like, oh, I'm going to talk to that broker. I'm going to talk to that shipper. I'm going to talk to Dooner. I'm going to voice my positive or negative, you know, idea or thoughts. I I, I love it. I love seeing it, and it, it's growing every single day. What's cool is it's, it's always kind of been a mission of the show. It's why on this show I'll have a freight tech leader, a reporter, a truck driver, and a founder of a company so that you can all can learn a little bit about what each other do. You're not going to learn everything, but you're going to go, hey, that person sounds cool, and that sounds like someone I can relate to and connect with. But what about the ones that haven't made community yet? Truck driving through Thanksgiving can be tough on the road, Chris. You got any um, advice or tips for drivers who may be away from family? They may be feeling down during this time of year? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, and I've been out over many holidays, including Christmas before. It's just kind of the nature of the work sometimes. You just have to do what you got to do. You know, the best thing you can do on Thanksgiving, just get out of the truck for a few hours, go inside, maybe, you know, go to the Petro, hit the iron skillet, hit buffet, (laughs) you know, turkey. I haven't done it in a few years. I don't know if if it's still good, it used to be, you know, a solid thing to do. It kind of just cheers you up a little bit talking to other people in the community. Hey, and you know what? Be kind to everybody. Just smile. Just kind of cheer up their day. And it's, it's better than going on and grumbling about your circumstances. Although I want to grumble about one thing. The Farm Bureau said it costs $61 and like 11 cents to feed a family of 10 Thanksgiving dinner. That is wild. You don't have to worry about that if you're stuck out on the road. You can go to, to the Iron Skillet. Chris did tweet this one for $13.99. You can go and get your uh, your own Thanksgiving dinner over at the, uh, yeah, this one right here, the Iron Skillet. You recommend it, Chris? Good Good meal there? It's been a while. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's nothing like home cooking, but I mean, it's not nothing to sneeze at either. So, you know, and that thirteen ninety nine is a little bit misleading by the time you add in a drink and a tip, you're probably over 20 bucks. But, uh, hey, you know what? They're in a business, too, and they're out here working, supporting us while we're out here working. So why not stop and show them a little love? Maybe they'll show you a little love back, right? Yeah. yeah, what do you I've, think about I've that? eaten at the Iron Skillet a few times uh, at Iowa 80. All the Iowa 80 stops that we go to the shows, we end up having dinner there at least once or twice. 
Uh, it's good. I mean, it's good enough. I've it's, done the hungry man before too. Like I've been like when I was single, I had Thanksgiving away from family. It was yeah. one of those things. I was coming out for Christmas a few weeks later, so didn't have the money to spend to go for the thing. So I was like, yeah, I'll just eat a hungry man and watch some football. Hey, hey, I'm I I'm all about the easy meals. Yeah, it's not necessarily what you're eating, man. It's where you get in the right headspace, right? You got to feel good about what's coming the next day and getting out of your truck, getting some fresh air. Even that might help you out a little bit. What about parking on the holidays? That can be trouble. What if you're going to see some family? You can't bring your truck to park in front of their house or what it just in generally, I mean, I'm sure the truck stops aren't that big of a problem right now, but having your truck could be a problem. Yeah. So what we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks is a lot of our members are booking ahead. Uh, they're booking in, in some of the key areas, getting that, go ahead and getting that spot um, so they know they have it. And what we're doing on the back end is making sure that everything runs very smoothly. So we're seeing, uh, yeah, incredible demand this week which was to be expected right i mean there's not many places you can drop a truck or trailer for three or four days easily and and we've seen a ton of demand over the last seven or so days getting those reservations in making sure they have parking so uh the team's been working really hard chris what do you do with your truck when you when you're going to see the family so uh, i've dropped my trailer at a local truck stop for years and i always make sure to get fuel there and buy things, you know, kind of supporting them because, you know, you know, culture is like they're in a business, you know, I don't run for free. I don't expect them to support me for free. So, you know, a lot of that, and I practice the same out in the road, you know, anywhere I stop, I'm usually trying to support them because, you know, there's no such thing as a free meal. And that's definitely true with parking. And, And as we go on, you know, paid parking is just going to become kind of the solution to part of the problem. And, uh, you know, we're kind of an, you know, truck drivers kind of got used to it, kind of got entitled, but it's, you know, you got to get out there. You got to support the infrastructure that supports you the best you can. And sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do, but yeah, you know, I just park and I Bob tell the house, uh, that situation might have to change as more industry comes into the area, obviously. And you know, more trucks on the road, but, uh, any kind of solution that you can do, just plan every day, wherever you're going, just look at, you know, truckparkingclub.com, great app, great service to get on there and find some solutions wow you did yeah. you, you did you yeah. pay him to say that no, that, no was there a check in the pocket no. of that hoodie chris is awesome and he's a genuine <laughs> dude and, and uh f3 i know he talked with me and my team quite a bit and he's honest yeah and that's what i love it's like he's gonna tell you what he thinks the pros are the cons are he's gonna shoot you straight we stood there maybe one day for look that 45 minutes that had been the other like it's awesome to have like you guys come down here but the other side benefit is that a lot of the participants and booth participants love having some truck drivers on site that they can throw their ideas at you guys aren't going to be as filtered i mean you guys are going to say what you think of their particular product you're respectful but you're going to tell them what's up but i gotta ask you something chris this is something i've been thinking about it's holiday season a lot of people going to be on the roads how often are you getting the old fist pump for the horn so uh you know i mean i'd say once a week on average you know the last time i got it was at a customer i was kind of you know just slow poking through the yard there and uh construction worker just pops up and he's me the old uh so you know you have to you have to answer back you know when you're a cool truck and you got a good horn you know let them have it well, that sounds like a grown man. So I put that question out there yesterday, and a lot of people were surprised by the responses because, uh, like, the non-truck drivers were like, "No, nah, if you're a grown man, just just don't don't even bother. You'll get laughed at." But like, ninety percent of the responses were all from drivers. They're like, "Look, we don't get enough fists at all. You give us a nice fist out on the road, and you look fine. You don't look weird. I'm going to give you the horn. Is that true for you too, Chris?" Oh yeah, send it, send it every time. Yeah, if you're if you're a weirdo, maybe I'm just going to look the other way and ignore you, but. Uh... <laughs> You know, there, there are those people out here. There's all kinds, all uh, personalities and walks of life. But no, I mean, most time, you know, hey, you know, who knows? Their dad may have been a driver, their trucker, their mom, who knows? I mean, you don't know what these people's uh, connection to the trucking community. And, you know, they're showing us a little love and hey, give them a little horn. Chris, are you doing this when you drive down the road? Send are you, it. Send are you, are you it. sending it? Come on, do it more. I, are you going to do it more often now? It's been, I am now. Now that Chris says send it, I'm sending it. Now you're going to have all these grown men just, just doing this. <laughs> this is nonstop. You're just going to see fist pumps left and right. All right, Chris, I don't, are, are you a gamer on the road? How do you like, how do you pass the time? Uh, you know, I used to, I used to be a gamer, I guess. Uh, these days I'm just trying to keep up with all the socials of all my friends and, uh, you know, there's a great, there's a lot of great trucking content out every day, there every day. And I'm just, you know, usually audio books, podcasts, music, 
talking to my uh, circle of old drivers I've talked to for years and my friends there, and, you know, keeping up with what's going on at the house and, you know, just kind of doing my thing every day and just being good at it. Well, so this count against your hours of service. Take a look at this guy right here. He parks his truck and he immediately jumps into Euro Truck Simulator 2 where he's got a little wheel set up and everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that guy right there has got a very interesting cab set up. I don't know if you've seen the other videos. I'd have to dig it up on Instagram. But, no, he's very interesting, very entertaining to watch. And, you know, that's that right there, you know, anything to relax out on the road. You know, it's it's yeah. okay. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Just don't be weird about it. Just get out there and enjoy life. And that's the biggest thing, you know. You don't have to stop your life just because you're driving a truck. You can get out here. You can go places. You can do things. You can You can pick up hobbies, you know, whatever you want to do, you know. Don't stop living your life just because you're out here on the road. Amazing stuff, Chris. Well, we're just about out of time. Follow him on Indie Trucker. What is, as we sign off, what is your message to the driving and logistics community over this Thanksgiving season? Hey, just be good. Just like Bill and Ted says, be excellent to one another. Be excellent to one another. Love it. A little cowbell for him. Our message to you from myself and from Evan is to be blessed. Have a great holiday season. Drive safe if you're toiling through. We'll see you on the other side. It's been a tough season, but you kick ass, and we're proud of every one of you. Find him at Truck Parking Guy. Find me at Timothy Dooner. Take care, and have a happy Thanksgiving.